You're listening to the Woman Who Chat podcast with me, your host, Sandra Garlick. A podcast where I chat to women in business who share their knowledge and top tips, especially for you. I also share my own tips to help you gain visibility fast so that you appear to be everywhere, even when you're not. I'm delighted to bring this podcast to you each week to inspire and motivate you to achieve. Enjoy the podcast. Woman Who Chat is sponsored by Grow Radio. Grow Radio is an online radio station dedicated to bringing you a different podcast on the hour, every hour. I'm proud that Woman Who Chat is played on Grow Radio every Tuesday at 3pm and Friday at 8am and to be a part of their podcasting community. If you want to listen to the station, explore their shows, check out many of the blogs to improve your podcasting skills or get your podcast onto Grow Radio, head over to growradio.uk today. Welcome to Woman Who Chat and today I'm chatting to Amanda Harris, author, public speaker and will writer. Hello Amanda. Hello Sandra, it's good to see you. Now we have chatted before and you can go back and listen to Amanda's previous podcast where she talks about her journey. I'm just going to ask you to touch on your journey a little bit just to give some context because today we're talking all about juggling family and business uh, which you've got some great tips to share with us just give us a little background on your journey as to where how you got to what you're doing today I've been visually impaired all my life and I worked in the corporate sector for many years and it wasn't working for me with my visual impairment, to be honest. So 12 years ago, I left corporate and set up my will writing business, which is going really well. And then about four years ago, I was given the chance to start talking about me and my story. So I didn't just talk about it. I wrote a book and I'm now a a motivational speaker um, and author, and I've just finished recording the audiobook of my book, so it will be available to other visually impaired readers. Yeah, and I think that's really important, isn't it? Because you write a book, but you want visually impaired people to read it, and yet they can't see it. So the only way they can connect with you is by listening to the book. So yes. when has the audio been released? Do you know yet? I think it's going to be the 1st of October this year. Yeah. yeah fantastic and you know uh, launching your book and your story is incredible and for anybody that hasn't heard Amanda's story do go back and listen to that podcast um, because not only is Amanda you know all the things we've said but she's also an impromptu comedian as well uh, you've done stand-up comedy haven't you yes I have yes that was scary And I think the book is written in that style you share anecdotes you share humorous episodes about your life about meeting your husband about your son about everyday life which is makes it a great subject really for us today to talk about juggling life and business because as much as we put ourselves out there and we say everything is rosy and everything's going on we do have our private lives we have our caring responsibilities we have our families so tell us about your juggling and and what life is like for you Well, I have several things to juggle, as do most of us. First of all, my visual impairment means that I can't work a whole day because my eyes get tired. So I have to work with that. 
My husband is totally blind and he needs my help. He works from home, so I help him. My son's 16, so he doesn't need me quite as much. But at the moment, I'm also carer for my elderly parents. So there's a lot going on, like like there is for most people. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think we realise, you know, we go from parent to being parent of our parents in a mm. way. We, we reach that certain age where our kids become independent we get hopefully get those few years of independence and then suddenly our parents become more needy and it's like having grown-up children again isn't it it's, it uh, is yes yeah how do you prioritize you know how do you because obviously you know you might get a speaking engagement or you might get invited to go somewhere with your book or you know you might you need to do your work you need to bring yes. money in <laughs> yes I do how um, do you prioritize my the first thing I did when I started my first business was make sure I had a space that was work because I work from home like a lot of people do and I'm very lucky that I have a room where I can close the door and that is my workspace and that is the only place that I work when I need to be in front of a computer so when I'm in here when I'm in my workspace the door is closed when I'm out of this workplace the door is closed because that's a different part of my life. And I must say, when my son was young, that's when the real juggling happens, isn't it? When you've got a toddler in the house or a five-year-old in the house. And as soon as my son was old enough, I bought a hat, a big red hat, and I would wear it if I really couldn't be interrupted. Now, most of the time I can be interrupted, but I taught him I've got the hat on. I can't be interrupted. And sometimes I would close the door and hang the hat on the handle. Now, obviously, I'm aware I've got a young child in the house and the hat was only on ever for a few minutes at a time. It would be an important phone call or, you know, something like that. But he learned very quickly that mum's got the hat on. So that was one way of managing his expectations, I suppose. Yeah, I've heard actually recently somebody told me about a similar uh, sort of thing they did, except they've got teenage children. They've got a whiteboard just inside the office and they've been told not to interrupt, but they have to write on this whiteboard what it is if it's urgent. And so she can glance across and see if it's urgent. And if necessary, she can stop what she's doing. But if it's not urgent, that what they might think is urgent, where's dinner, mom? Uh, <laughs> yes. That's not urgent. But if it's a life and death urgency, she knows quickly that, it, that she needs to be interrupted. And I thought that was quite a good technique. Yes, it well. is. I, like, I might implement that one. Yeah. <laughs> So what I mean, obviously, you know, your husband's totally blind, but he does the cooking, doesn't he? He does all the cooking. Yes, he's an amazing cook. Well, actually, no, he doesn't do all the cooking now. My son cooks as well. He's fully sighted, my son. So so that's one thing I don't have to juggle. Yeah. yeah. So (laughs) other things have you had to juggle, you know, during your your family life? Well, I find that I can't I I do try and compartmentalise. So if I'm working and if I'm not, but for me the way prioritizing works is I have lists to-do lists that encompass both work and non-work activities because you can have top priority non-work things Um, and also we have we share everything as a family we have to have uh, an online diary that we share as a family because my husband can't access a handwritten diary so Everything goes in. So my to-do list for a day might look something like write a couple of wills, buy a birthday present, go and see Matthew in, in son in concert. You know, so it, it 
everything is on that and that's how I work I don't think right I'm working for two hours I'm thinking they are my priorities that works for me now I know there are a lot of apps that people use for prioritization personally I can't because my vision's not good enough so my to-do list is a word document in font 20 all my VAs have always gone that's rubbish it works for me so yeah. I hope the computer doesn't go down but I think that's the thing. It's finding something that works for you. I write lists. So I and I was talking to my son uh, recently and he was struggling with prioritizing work and business tasks. And I said, look, you haven't got a family. This is easy for you. You know, what are your top priorities for work? What are your top priorities personally and to do list and get it all written down, get it out of your head and onto paper or onto whatever. I said, because if you don't get it out of your head, you're going to have that busyness going on in yes. your head and you just need to empty it. And, and then I always say, pick three things, just pick three tasks and, and just do the most important, the most urgent. And then the rest of the time, do what tasks fit in around that. Yes. Um, but I think you have to find your own way, don't you? It's different for everybody. I mean, I can only say how I've done it and how it works for me. And um, mm -hmm. the other thing that I've had to make myself do is actually put time for me in the diary not oh I think I'll do that this afternoon but actually put it in the diary that I'm going out I'm going swimming or I'm going walking or whatever it is for me because otherwise it doesn't happen I'm briefly interrupting this podcast. Have you ever watched a speaker on stage and thought, oh, I'd love to do that one day? Have you wondered how they can stand on stage and speak without notes so confidently? Do you wish that you could banish the nerves and anxiety and know exactly what to say? Then you need to attend the One Day Speaker Boot Camp on Sunday the 28th of January. It's a day packed full of content and you'll walk away with a blueprint for a keynote speech that you can deliver confidently on stage again and again. Book your place now at womanwho.co.uk forward slash events. There are also monthly payment options available. Just get in touch. Now back to the podcast. And there is some guilt around. I think we all feel guilt to a certain extent when you're at home and working, but you've got family around you that might need you. And I've had to overcome that. I've had to think, yes, I am going to do something for me now. You know, they can all look after themselves for a while. I mean, you think about this and the traditional family. Let's look at the, you know, the traditional and I'm going to say sighted family here. Yes, yeah. Um, but, you know, dad might go off and play football. Dad might go off and play golf. Nobody says anything. And yeah. yet wife says, oh, I'm going off for a spa or I'm going off to do this. And they say, well, who's going to cook the dinner? Who's going to okay. clean the house? Who's going to do this? You yes. know, caring responsibility traditionally have fallen on the woman, haven't they? They have. They have. We're a very non-traditional family. But I think I'm the one that still has the guilt. That yeah. if I'm doing something for me, I still get that guilt. Yeah. So I have to make sure that everybody else is where they should be. I, want, I was going to say make sure they're all happy. No, I don't make sure they're all happy. I make sure they're all safe and where they should be. And then I go off and do what I'm yeah, doing. They're in control of their own happiness. <laughs> <laughs> 
Exactly. Yeah. But I think the important thing is to realise that every self-employed person has other um, commitments and responsibilities. And I think there's a sense of guilt for all of us. And that is millions of people around the world. So you've just got to grin and bear it sometimes and say, I need to do this. My my well-being is as important as everybody else's. So you're not alone. Somebody recently said to me, you can't pour from an empty cup. So you need to be at your best to be able to be there for the the rest of your family and for your clients. Yes. Yes. The other thing I've done, which you can actually see, this is my thank you wall. Yes. So it's got all the thank you cards that I've ever had from anybody for all of the businesses. So when I sit in here and I feel overwhelmed and, you know, I just pull one of these down and read it. And I think that just helps with, well, it helps with the work-life balance because it makes me think, yes, people appreciate what I do at work. Mm. The family don't always say that they appreciate you. So it's nice to have these up from clients. You can't see my wall, but actually I've got a thank you wall as well. And every card I receive, every little note and whatever goes up on the wall because you're right, it does motivate you and it reminds you of why you do what you do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to take you back a few years because obviously your son's 16 now, so he's fairly independent. He can cook, he can get himself to school, he can get himself back. Go back a decade. What did you do during school holidays? Um, we did a lot of going to the park and that sort of thing because we don't have a car as a family. I'd say I can't drive, so we don't have a car. Um, so we did a lot of that family holidays we were lucky enough to be able to afford to go abroad it's very difficult to holiday in this country without a car if you go to a holiday cottage or even a seaside place you you sort of need a car so you do that so there was lots of time at the park lots of time at the library it was all very local and then the odd day trip on the train and things like that but what did you do about business how did you fit the business in around that because obviously your son was dependent and you were just starting out in business so did you just stop work or did you carry on that's when the hat came into play that's when I first initiated the hat when he was at primary school uh, and he was on school holidays but I would talk to him about it and I'd say this morning I'm working or I'm working for the next hour he learned timings very early because I used to say I'm working for the next hour and I'd give him a clock there's still the guilt and he would still come running in and I would still have to clear Lego off my desk first thing in the morning. But it, I wanted to, him to be aware of what I was doing. And I think when he was about seven was the first time he answered our landline phone and realised it was a client and put his posh phone voice on. He was only about seven and he said, oh, yes, I'll just get her. And I thought, you'll get grown up very quickly. I mean, that's when it worked. There were days when I was on a a phone call and he'd come running in, you know, shouting and laughing and whatever. But clients understand that. I think that's the other thing. Another worry I had was clients won't understand that I'm juggling all of this. But of course they do. They think it's funny if your five-year-old runs in waving a bit of Lego, you know, it's fun. So I'm making it sound as if it all ran smoothly. It absolutely didn't. But they were the things that I put in place. The, Matthew is very musical. He plays lots of instruments. And that was unfortunate because when he was seven or eight, the thing he'd use to amuse himself would be playing the trumpet. So if I was on a phone call or I was trying to really concentrate, <laughs> I wouldn't tell him off for doing his music practice. But it was, I wish he'd 
get into something a bit quieter so <laughs> it's interesting really how you know the pre-pandemic I never forget the that went viral when that newsreader was reading and his <laughs> child ran in and the wife's dragging the child <laughs> the baby walker yet the pandemic relaxed all that and made it perfectly acceptable to be interrupted during calls and it yes. made people because they had to work in that environment their kids were with them 24 7 I think a lot of both men and women got to understand actually that it is more acceptable now so I think yes. probably in your early days with yes. your probably wasn't deemed so acceptable although clients understood but now it's just the everyday thing isn't it, it you is, can't isn't it? Practice, yeah and that's great because we're all having to do it. And you know, I mean, it's either my son or one of the cats. I have been I have been interrupted by a cat in the face. So yes. walking across the computer. And I think also, you know, the pandemic gave a lot of uh, young people different skills. Yes, they missed out on their schooling, but they learned business skills because they watched their parents working. Yes. And I think, you know, I've seen a lot of young people now are very au fait with business because, oh, yeah, my mum worked from home. So I watched her a lot and I listened to yeah. a lot of her, her things. So, you know, and it, it's amazing what they've picked up from that era. So I, th I don't think we should always look at the negatives of, of situations like the pandemic because there were some positives brought from it as well. There were, absolutely. And, and things like caring for others. So my son was going shopping for my parents in the pandemic and delivering shopping up there and you know thinking about people who might be less fortunate and needing stuff so that's there were some positives yes so what other tips have you got have you got any other tips for people who might be juggling business with family I suppose it's just find what works for you I mean it might be for some people it might be I work during a certain time of day and then I have the rest of the day off and I think it's also about what time you work best so I work best first thing in the morning. That's me something after three o'clock. I've gone. I'm no good anymore. So it's working around how you do it best. So I would. Um, well, now I'm doing it right this minute. I've worked since six o'clock this morning. My 16 year old son is still in bed, so that's fine. So I'll have some time for him this afternoon. But it's working what's best for you. If there's a time of day or if you're really not feeling it, then don't do it. Go and have some time with your family if you're not going to work well at that particular time. I think, you know, a lot of people think they have to work nine to five. It depends what you do, of course. But as long as you manage the expectations with your clients. Yes well, I'm only available between these times. They don't know that you're not working the rest of the time. And it might be you pick up your laptop in the evening and do something or attend a course or do some writing in the evening. And some people actually do the bulk of their work in the evening when the kids have gone to bed because they perform better in the evening. Yeah. Not me, I hasten to. Yes, that's that. my husband that does that. Yes. <laughs> I'm a starter as well. You know, at 6 a.m., I'm at my most productive. You know, that's when my ideas flow, you know, by about two o'clock. I'm starting to wane and sometimes earlier. And if I don't want to work after that time, I don't because no. I know I'm going to be productive. I can actually now create in the evenings. I never used to be able to, but my laptop is closed at eight o'clock and that's it. I will never work after eight o'clock because no. I wind down because I know I need my eight hours sleep. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Those things. And I haven't got, I haven't really got family juggling right now. So that's good. Uh, but I have been there in the past. It's fun. And I think the other thing that, uh, that I'd say is if you possibly can delegate the things that you don't enjoy or you're not good at. So I've now got an amazing VA who manages my diary for me. Now, if I manage my diary, I get two clients in a day. 
if she manages my diary because she is more geographically aware because I don't drive so yeah. yesterday afternoon she put three quick meetings in one after the other and I realized there was only five minutes drive between them mm. so I'm getting through so much more but if I didn't delegate that I wouldn't have the time and that's interesting isn't it play to your strengths and delegate mm. what, what takes up your time I mean I, you know just mundane things I have a cleaner because I know it I don't like it I don't yeah. enjoy it takes me hours. Uh, they do it in two hours flat. Yeah, me two too. It's great. Why not? You know, I look at, and a lot of people don't look at this, but actually, you know, when you are juggling family and you're juggling other priorities, a lot of people say, oh, I can't afford a cleaner. I can't afford a VA. What I, I say to them is look at the time and the amount. So if it takes you 10 hours to clean your house, that's 10 hours of working time where you can't deliver and can't charge. Mm. How much do you pay your cleaner? It's probably a fraction of what you could earn and what your earning capacity yes. is. So I think it's weighing that up, isn't it? The same with VAs, you know, what look at what you're charging out and how productive they can be. And that's why I no longer do my own accounts because it took me days. It took me weeks. <laughs> and technical stuff as well you know I outsource that because I know that it takes me so long to do it it's quicker to pay somebody else and I can earn more within that time yes and that's the way you've got to look at it at the beginning of business it feels like a big cost to have a VA but I did it very early on yeah and I've never regretted it yeah yeah absolutely I always ask uh, everyone to leave the audience with a thought, a piece of advice or a top tip. What would you want to say to the audience today? I suppose I'd say do what's best for you. There's no right or wrong, but remember that everybody else is juggling in the same way as you are and try and try and lose the guilt. Okay, and I would recommend to listeners that they uh, read or listen to uh, She Will Never, uh, which is available on Amazon. And we'll put the link in the show notes so that people can um, have a look at that as well, uh, because it's a fantastic read about Amanda's journey and her life and, and what she does now. Uh, thank you, Amanda. It's been great speaking to you again. That's thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Woman Who Chat podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Join me next week for more inspiration, learning and top tips. In the meantime, visit womanwho.co.uk to find out how you can start your Woman Who journey or even feature on a future podcast. You can also join the Woman Who Achieves community on Facebook. The link is in the show notes. There, you'll get the opportunity to network, find support and make new connections with over a thousand women in business. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's podcast. And if there are any topics you would like to hear, just get in touch with me, your host, Sandra Garlick.